on this episode of Why Watch That. I think it was very smart of them to have a refugee who's skilled, but who was trained in their own environment, come into this environment. That is a built-in conflict. The writing is not good. <laughs> Maybe if you say it in a British accent. <laughs> it didn't help me, but okay. Peacock? Peacock. Peacock. You know, if you dance with wolves, mm. should you be raised by them first? Or if you dance with them, do you then begin to raise the... I don't know. I don't think they have anything to do with each other. Well, you know, the whole point, Ref, is to entice people to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we do a better job of it than these shows. I was going to say, we're not getting paid for that. We're not even getting paid. No, <laughs> we're not. And she brings church to the jail. Literal <laughs> down south Southern Baptist church. Yeah, yeah. AME church. Uh-oh. Pentecostal fiery church. Okay. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk, and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Yeah! (laughs) We've got more television. <laughs> I get excited, critic, because it's just—it's all we have. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm in a like a, a cartoon horror show or something. <laughs> well, you know, well that's another show. Yes, but um, listeners, we first of all want to say September is here. Dear Lord, we're praying for a better September. Mm. Uh, than the rest of this previous um, year. I feel like it's new beginnings. You know, you, mm. you, kids are going back to school, whether it's online or unfortunately in person or fortunately, depending on how you look at that. I feel like we're turning over a new leaf. And with that, all TV is here. <laughs> and some of us remember, do you remember the buildup to fall TV. Like I remember fall TV being a thing. Yes. Well, this is not a thing. It's just, okay. That's what we're doing. We're just, okay, we're here. Um, We'll have more premieres to talk about, but for now we've got a handful of premieres and a couple season finales. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. Let's dive in. 
to a new show that is on HBO Max called Pure. <laughs> Pure. No, it's called Pure. And it is again on HBO Max, from my understanding. It is not on HBO. And I had, I have to say this clearly because my uh, a f- dear friend of mine was confused about HBO and HBO Max because they said they haven't got the memo yet. For those of you who have <laughs> HBO, I just, we, we need to sound the alarm critic because it is confusing. Mm-hmm. For those of you who have HBO, HBO still exists. Like, there is still content that is released bit by bit and you could watch it on your television. And this person just watched it. They watched it on their television, forgot they had the app. But correct me if I'm wrong, critic, if you got HBO, you got HBO Max. Once yeah. you download the app and put in your credentials. So it's not anything extra but some material, just like with, you know, CBS All Access or some material will only live on HBO Max. Yes, that's right. Get it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I have to, and this person I know listens to the podcast. So <laughs> Hello. You've been, you've been skipping a lot of, of our episodes because yeah. we explain that. But I do want to make it clear for our listeners that Pure is only going to be on HBO Max. You will not find it on HBO and you got a chance to take a peek. That's right. And what I would say to people is, remember HBO Max, the app, isn't available on Roku or via uh, Amazon Prime Channel. Mm. Not available that way. Uh, But otherwise, you can get it. And if you're an HBO subscriber, you get it. It comes with it. They've worked out all of those deals, minus the two I just mentioned. And what I would also say is, if you are in the habit of watching things via apps, just watch it on HBO Max. HBO Max has everything HBO and more. There you go. That's very good. Very good. I don't even look at HBO. Oh. I just go to HBO Max because it's easier. (laughs) It's all right there. Everything. Past HBO, current, whatever they have available. If there's a movie that's running on HBO now, it's on HBO Max. So there's nothing on HBO. That's not an HBO Max. Plus That's you good get more. info. That's mm-hmm. great info. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, Pure, which comes to us from the Brits, it was on Channel 4 across the pond, is about a character named Marnie. And at the beginning of the series, we see that she's having some trouble. Uh-oh. She has some sort of disorder. I won't tell you what it is because you'll find out if you watch it. But essentially... She has intrusive, upsetting thoughts. She cannot control these thoughts. And they are of the sexual nature. So she will look at her mother and have sexual thoughts. Oh, god! She will look at a goat and have sexual thoughts. Mm. And this is not enjoyable, obviously, for her. It's, it's debilitating. Debilitating. So she, she's had this for a long time. She doesn't know what to do with it. She hasn't confided in anyone about what she's experienced So people think that, you know, she's just messing things up. So her parents are having their anniversary. She gets up to give a speech. You can imagine what happens. When the thoughts come in, she gets frazzled. She doesn't know what to say. And then people are looking at her like, there she goes again. So she decides to leave her parents and go to London. Okay, so she's living outside of London. She decides to go into London to try to have her own life and overcome these difficulties. And while in London, 
she meets a young man when she goes to um, uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous. I believe, I forgot what it's the, the real title is. But she goes to a support group. Um, she doesn't even know whether she belongs there or not. And there she meets Charlie, played by Joe Cole. Um, by the way, Marnie is played by uh, Charlie Clive. Uh, now, Joe Cole was in um, Peaky Blinders. Uh, Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was one of the brothers in that show. And now he's here and he, you know, he speaks in the group and all of that. And he and Marnie connect. And he helps Marnie figure out what her problem is. Now, this happens in hilarious fashion, I will tell you that. Um, because this is a dramedy. So in the second episode, he's like, hey, I think I know what your problem is. She finds this out and it's like, Eureka, her whole life opens up. But does that stay? Does that last, that euphoria? Now, she also meets some other people in London, one of whom is someone, is she having a romantic relationship with this person? Now, this person she encounters um, at a gay bar, by the way, and then she ends up working for her. How does that occur? I won't tell you. And it's so it's very weird, their whole relationship. And this person that she meets who helps her get a job has uh, a flatmate. And he is someone that Marnie's looking at is like, I like him, I think. But the question for her is this. Can she really tell whether she likes somebody or not? Because she has sexual thoughts about everything. It's hard for her to deduce what's real and what's not. And that also makes it confusing for everybody around her. Because she'll pretend like she likes them. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. They don't know. So it seems like she's just flaking out. So throughout the uh, season here, the question is, will she be able to corral those thoughts or not? Maybe the problem is her trying to corral them. Will she be able to get help for that? Will she be able to get clarity on all of this? And throughout all of the serious parts of this, you do get the comedy. So what I would say as a review is, if you like Phoebe Waller-Bridge's work. I was going to say, it sounds just like her. <laughs> yes. In particular, not so much Killing Eve, a little bit of that, but more Fleabag. Fleabag, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you like that, this is probably the show for you. I will say the first two episodes to me were the best because you're introduced to her thinking. You see what she's thinking and it's you feel the same way she does. It's not pleasant. So they did an effective job of putting us in her head. And when she figures it out, you feel the same thing. You're like, oh my goodness, she figured it out. Great. (laughs) Let's fix this. But then, of course, there relapses and she has trouble. So after those first two episodes, it's not quite, it wasn't as, it wasn't quite as um, intriguing to me. I did still want to keep watching it. Um, and, And along the way, she does finally get someone who can kind of help her. So it's it's an up and down kind of experience that way. But I believe I think that uh, Charlie Clive as Marnie is a perfect cast for this. I mean, just she fits the role like a glove. I think the rest of the cast, they, they do what they're supposed to do here. So if this is something that sounds like your kind of thing, again, you're a flea bag kind of person, I would say check this out and you'll probably certainly be intrigued. You'll be amused at times and you will be horrified at times thinking about wow i can't imagine being marnie having these thoughts and not knowing what to do all right well let's move on to transplant which is a transplant from (laughs) from canada uh on nbc regular old nbc no peacock 
Well, I mean, I guess you could find it on Peacock, but this is... I don't know about... I don't know when. I don't know if it's on there now. I'll say it that way. It'll eventually be there. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching it, by the way, on Hulu, so... Well, there you go. Now, listen, we'll get to Peacock, but (laughs) just note, because of COVID, I know it. We know it. You know it. We're getting a lot of transplants Mm. from different spaces, but Canada's been doing quite well. So let's see if they knock it out the park with transplant. Yeah. So this is um, a medical procedural. That's what it is um, from up above, from the north. And it centers around a character named Bash. He is a Syrian refugee. And in Syria, he was a doctor. He has come to Canada, to Toronto. Now, just because you're trained in one country as a doctor doesn't mean you can get a job as a doctor in another country. Mm -hmm. So he's been trying to get a job as a doctor, go through his residency again and so on. But he hasn't been accepted. So at the beginning of uh, the, the series, he's working in a restaurant, a little restaurant. And someone important walks into this restaurant, someone he knows who doesn't really remember him. Now, his name is Dr. Jed Bishop, uh, played by John Hanna. So he sees him. He doesn't, and we, we don't know at the beginning why he's feeling so uncomfortable about this doctor. What was their history? I won't give that away. He sees him. He wants to go up to him. He doesn't quite know how to do it. Also, at the beginning, he tells his boss, his boss is kind of nonplussed by him anyway. He tells his boss, I got to leave at nine. His boss says, no sooner than nine, by the way. Okay. Why does he need to leave? He has this cell phone in his pocket that's wrapped up. Why is that the case? He seems very agitated. Mm. Now, something happens, a tragedy while he's working there, while the doctor's sitting there, and he has to show his doctoral skills. Of course. Of course. Now, the thing is, he's a Syrian refugee in Toronto. He is not licensed. So... Will he feel free to tell people, hey, you know, I saved some people's lives? Or is he going to be guarded? So he ends up in the hospital with all of them because he's injured in what happens. And at the hospital, the cops are there interviewing everybody to figure out who caused this big problem, who caused these people to be in the hospital. So how does he feel about that? Does he want to be interviewed? Also, remember, he needed to leave at nine on the dot. So he's all he's getting up. He won't sit down. The doctors and nurses at the hospital like, you've got to stay here. We've got to check you out. Please wait. He won't. He gets up. He checks on the people who were injured that he helps. And he wants to get out of the hospital to go to this important place that he was planning to go to. Why? I won't give that away. And in the end, based on his behavior, will he be suspected of causing this problem by the cops? Also... This is a medical procedural. You know it. I smelled it. (laughs) Okay. Bash does these great things. You know he's going to end up as a doctor in the hospital. Yep, yep, yep. But how? How will he be received? Because there are already um, some doctors there and and some interns there who are already having a bit of rivalry. Do they want another one? Do they want this guy who uh, is a Syrian war refugee who was doing things in war because his methods are unorthodox? What do you think they work? Of course they work. Of course. Across this season, will he probably do something that causes a problem? Yes. Yes. These beats. So 
Now for my review. If you like medical procedurals, you should watch this. Okay. And the reason is because Bash, the character, played by Hamza Haq, we haven't seen this kind of character before. So you get to see a new twist on the medical procedural. It's the same beats, but I was interested in him, frankly. I was just interested mm. in him. I wanted to know what his backstory was. I wanted to know where he learned how to do this stuff. I wanted to know where he was going. I wanted to know what secrets he had. I want to know the experiences he had in the past. That to me was what took this show to something that was more watchable. Now I've only seen the first episode of 13. So we'll see how long this lasts. But it will be interesting, I know, of course, to see his dynamic with everyone else. I think it was very smart of them to have a refugee who's skilled, but who was trained in their own environment, come into this environment. That is a built-in conflict. The writing is not good. (laughs) (laughs) And some of the acting was not good. There was one doctor who had a line like, but is he going to make it? I was just like, okay, come on, y'all. But Bash, played by Hamza, I was interested in. There's another doctor, uh, Dr. LeBlanc, played by uh, Lawrence LaBeouf. I was interested in her character, kinda. So we'll see how that develops. But again, if this is your thing, you like medical procedurals, why not check this one out? Is it Grey's Anatomy-like? Not based on the first episode, but who knows what it'll develop into. You know there's going to be a romance. Um <laughs> Let's move on to Peacock. Uh, I have no qualms with the actual... It's just such a terrible name. Uh, Knots and Crosses on Peacock. Maybe if you say it in a British accent. <laughs> it didn't help me, but okay. Peacock. 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 I don't know. It's just not, it's not it sounds like rolling, we're on some tripping sort of strange, me off the tongue. It's like we're on some strange farm and you are like looking for a pe- <laughs> peacock. Peacock. <laughs> well, Peacock has a new show and it's Knots and Crosses. Can I say that? I, please let yes. it be from Britain. Is it from the great? It is, is it from, yes. Of course, it's Knots and Crosses <laughs> on Peacock. It's only six episodes. American English, we don't say knots. I mean, that's not no. a word that we use. <laughs> knots and crosses. I'm so sorry if you are from across. I'm so sorry. But it's, well, we love we, you. We love you. We do. I mean, good gracious, you get a lot of airtime on this show. <laughs> um, it's it's It comes from across the pond. And quite frankly, you know. It just sounds like something. <laughs> it sounds like something. Yeah. What is this thing that it sounds right. like? Yeah. It is based on a novel series, by the way. Of course it is. Mm-hmm, by Mal- Mallory Blackman. So let's put respect on her name. Respect. And just so uh, American listeners know, if they haven't heard it before, like the Naughties are the early 2000s. That's what they call it. So it's like, it, the, the meaning is nothing, like nothing, not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have knots and crosses. At the beginning of, of this show, there is factional tension, because I'm not going to give away exactly what's going on here. Of There's, course there are There is a group in power in this society, because this is an alternate history kind of thing. And then there's another group that's oppressed. So the oppressed group we see is mistreated by the cops. Here we go. Okay. So that's the opening of it. And uh, those are the knots. So 
you know, they don't have a lot of rights. It's it's like it's like um they their society is like a Jim Crow society. That's what's Ooh, like. okay. Okay, right. where the knots would be in the position of African Americans. Okay. Um, so maybe a, a part tate like as well. Hmm. So okay. Now hmm. there's this um incident where someone gets badly injured by the cops. This creates, of course, this uproar. Um, the question is, what's going on in the media? How's this picture going to be painted, I should say? Because the crosses are in control. They're in control of the media. They're in control of everything. This hmm. is not now. Again, it's like Jim Crow. It's like a part Tate. So the knots are servants. You know, that's the jobs they get. So one of the knots, he uh, is thinking about going into the police academy. They've never had a knot become a cop. They've not had a knot. They've not had a knot. Hmm. But he has the capacity to do this. Now, his brother is like, you're a sellout. You need to be fighting against these people, not joining them. He's like, no, if I join them, then I can work from the inside and do change, of course. Okay. His father is, it, it smells like he's had some sort of, some sort of rebellious streak when he was younger, but now he's older. He has to have a job. He's looking at his two sons like, well, whatever. Now the mother is like, you need to go to this police academy. Okay. Cause this, look, this is the best you'll ever get it. No. Now his mother works as the head of a household for a cross family. And in this family is a daughter and, you know, she seems more empathetic to the knots plight, but she's in a society where the crosses rule, the knots are just that. Mm. Now, how does this knot son and cross daughter, how do they meet? Well, remember, mm. his mother works for her family. So have they mm. met before? When was the last time they met? What happens when they meet again? Is it like Romeo and Juliet? Smells like it. Okay. Now, as we go through, we're going to see the challenges between the two of them. How's this going to work, right? So that's the question. Now, here's what I'll say now that I've said all of that. The knots are white and the crosses are black. So Hmm. that's the script that has been flipped. White man's burden. Oh, well, yes. Because in this story, what's happened is... Spike Lee's white man's burden. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> thinking I'm spewing out. <laughs> so what has happened is in the past, uh, a series of West African nation, nations banded together to create an empire called the African Empire. And they went north, in all the way north, conquering lands into England. So that's where this is set. So they are in control of England. That's what's happening here. Okay. Now, how does all of this look? That's the question. And the reason I'm, I didn't give that away is so that you could have almost a time to kill moment. And the thing here is in my review, what I was thinking about ref while I was watching this is who is this for? And what's the message really? Right. Is it for white people? Is it, are you saying to them? Okay. Imagine if you were in a, in the oppressed situation. Is that what you're saying? Because if so, the writing doesn't support yeah. that. Okay. In French, insupportable. Oh, c'est dommage. <laughs> so that was my question. If that's what you're doing, the writing, 
I mean, this is not great writing. Okay. Then I was thinking, okay, if it's for, if you're also communicating to black people and other people of color. So we're looking at this going, okay, so the black people are in charge and most of them are terrible. Terrible. So what's the message there? Are you saying, hey, if you were in a powerful position, imagine what that would be for you. You would probably be doing the same thing. Is that the message? This is what happens when you play around with stuff like this that are incendiary and your writing is bad. Then the message isn't clear. So for me, it was just an uncomfortable watch because the writing was not in place. The acting, therefore, was not in place. I wasn't clear on the message. What I was receiving, I didn't think was something we needed to receive. Mm. Um, So, you know, you've got to really be careful. If you're going to flip that script, you have to do it in a way that's very subtle, very nuanced, very strategic in certain ways. I just thought that this was a big mess. Um, But it is, like you said, on Peacock, and you can always... Oh, by the way, the thing about this show on Peacock is you do not have to pay to watch all of it. It is free. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so you can watch the whole thing. So I would say if you're interested just to see how this plays out, you can definitely check it out. There is an idea here. I just know that they didn't accomplish what they wanted to. Mm. Well, it's only six episodes, so it's not like, you know, you really got to run through it. So if you're curious, you can go and watch it right now for free and see if that first, maybe give it two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious as to how the uh, the book series went. I mean, if it's Me a series, too. then they must yeah. have been quite popular. So maybe it didn't quite translate mm-hmm. into um, live action. Yeah. But what did translate into live action <laughs> is something else on let's go back to HBO Max. Because you know, HBO's trying to turn it out. And we have to realize that HBO, because of HBO Max, a lot of the shows that were going to premiere on TNT, a lot of the shows that were developed at TNT. And or, you know, other places like CW and and things like that. We're going to start to see HBO Max turning out a lot of original content. Raised by Wolves is one of them. Mm. Now, you may think this is a Kevin Costner show, but it is not. That's Dancing with Wolves. This is Raised by Wolves. Is it the prequel? I don't know. The critic will let us know. Or, or, you know, if you dance with wolves, mm. should you be raised by them first? Or if you dance with them, do you then begin to raise the? I don't know. I don't think they have anything to do with each other. But Ridley yeah. Scott is at the helm. And all I know is if Ridley Scott is at the helm, it's going to be interesting. Now, what kind of interesting? We're about to find out. Yeah. It is um, his directorial debut for American television. So usually Ridley Scott is a feature guy and he is behind or was behind um, The Good Wife and, you know, by spinoff The Good Fight. Unfortunately, we never saw him direct any of the episodes, which is sort of like, huh? Yeah. Um, But it's starring. Oh, God. Let me just. Mm -hmm. Good thing I'm in air conditioning. (laughs) Because it's starring Travis Fimmel. Now, some of you may think, Travis Fimmel, who's that? Uh, Vikings, the first five season. 
Ragnarok. Hey, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I became a huge fan of his. Okay, yeah, he's not bad to look at. So let's just get past that. But he's super interesting in his yeah, acting. He's an actor. Like, he's a leading man actor. Come on, y'all. Well, I mean, but he's, but it's interesting acting. Yeah. It's it's very, yes. uh, what I saw from him in what he did with that character, which could have been a flat, you know, because uh, you see how it was, or you see how it happened when other people took over. Uh-oh. But um, I'm, I am throwing shade. Boom, boom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it got real cold and dark in here. I know it did again. <laughs> that usually comes from your your end. So I will let's go back to swooning over Travis Fimmel. It's been a while since he's been back on the small screen, and quite frankly, raised by wolves. If it's anything like dancing with wolves, totally makes sense. But I have a feeling you're going to tell me it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it is the furthest <laughs> thing from dancing uh, with wolves. Um, however, yeah, the thing about what I'll say about Ridley Scott is this. He has produced, as you were intimating to us, a lot of American television. Yeah, he is. A lot. Um, but he's never directed it. It's because Ridley Scott goes, that's not for me to direct. But this is. <laughs> no. Now, why? Well, we're in the future. And there has been basically Armageddon on Earth. Oh, yeah. Very opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they have to leave the planet. There's been a, a factional war. Ooh. So here we go with factions again. But there's more than two, unlike knots and crosses. And I won't tell you how those factions break, but it is along a certain philosophy. Different factions, they want to know what you think, what group you belong to, and so on. So there is the winning faction, and they have an arc that goes into space. And the losing faction has a much smaller spacecraft that's faster. So it reaches this planet called Kepler-22b. And on this uh, spacecraft are mother and father. Mm -hmm. Mother played by Amanda Collin, father played by Abu Bakar Salim. Great name. I love it, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I'll just tell you because you know. They're androids. Yes. Oh, they've been teasing this for, if you have not seen the marketing for this. Yeah. It's, I, was, it's, I was kidding about the Dancing with the Wolves, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you learn this early on anyway, even if you didn't know, it's not a big deal. But they traveled with human embryos. Mm-hmm. This is the last of their faction of humanity. So they have to grow these embryo- embryos. How do they do that? And take care of these children on this planet. How do they build shelter? How do they find food on this planet? Do they know a lot about this planet? Because on this planet are these huge fossils, like dinosaur size. How did these fossils get here? Hmm. Is it something like we believe happened to the dinosaurs? A sudden event? Asteroid struck the planet at some point? Or did they just die? Or is it something else? Hmm. Now, as these kids grow up, we find that father is the one who follows the commands that are a part of his system. Father is the nurturer. Father is the one who wants to tell jokes, even though no one wants to hear them. He's that kind of guy or android. Mother seems to be independent for a computer when it comes to commands. She will override them. How is that possible? Hmm. 
Father goes, we're not supposed to be doing that. And she's basically like, yeah, whatever. Huh. Huh. So, you know, if you've watched this kind of stuff, my antenna were up. The first moment she broke a command, I went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, so she's more of the protector of the group. But is her protection deadly? Oh. Because these kids start getting sick. Why? Now, there's one kid who's very special. I won't tell you why. You'll see why. There's one kid, very special. He's the one who survives. Why? And as we go through, the first three episodes were released uh, at its premiere. It will then be available one episode per week on Thursdays, just so everyone's clear. So, we see over the course of the first three episodes that this other faction on the Ark, they're coming to this planet. It's just taking them longer. What happens when they get there? And one of their number is played by Travis Fimmel. What's going on with him? Now, they come in peace, presumably. You know, who are you? Essentially, they ask based on the factions to see who these people are. Uh, Mother doesn't hide this. Mother wants them to go away. They're going, you are on this planet. We're coming to this planet to colonize it, essentially. And it looks like you've grown some crops. Hey, help us out. Mm. How does that end? Hmm. That's the question. You, You know how it ends. It's Ridley Scott. Yeah, well. And they have a bunch of people on the spacecraft up in the sky, including kids. Oh. So what goes on there? And for this special child, that mother and father, they've been raising. As he gets older, what is what are his thoughts going to be? What happens when he starts to see what mother's really about? What father's really about? Also, what's really the threat here? Is mother the threat? Are these people from the Ark coming in? Are they the threat, the invading uh, enemy? Or is there a threat to both of them? Hmm. Now, it is called Raised by Wolves. Who's the wolf? Who is the wolf? Or maybe it's like the title says, Wolves. Ah. Now look, if you, like Alien Covenant, Prometheus, this is your show. Oh, dang it. Maybe even um, Blade Runner 2049, a bit of that. You know Ridley Scott directed the first two episodes. It's clear. Yes, yeah. The way it looks, all of that. I was like, oh, this is like, you know, back to Alien. And we know that he he loves this theme of exploring humanity via Android. That is one of the major themes in all of the Alien films. Mm-hmm. So this is being expanded more. If you like the thought of that, If you like those sci-fi thoughts, if you read sci-fi like this, you watch the movies I mentioned, then this is your show. Is it perfect? It is not so far, but I like the thought of this stuff. I was watching going, ooh, I know where we're going. Do I know what's happening here? What's going on? The acting is well done. Travis Fimmel, as the ref said, is very interesting to watch. And we get his backstory at a certain moment, I won't tell you when, when you go, oh, wait a minute, who are you exactly? And of course you would hire Travis Fimmel to play this character. Mm-hmm. Travis Fimmel, the lights are always on. Always. Yeah. He's always thinking yeah. something, something you don't know that only he knows. It's He's just an engaging actor to watch. Amanda as mother is terrifying. <laughs> okay. Mm. 
we'll in another episode we'll talk about a certain nurse that nurse would cower in fear okay she saw a mother uh abu bakar playing father is the great just counterpoint to her but is he always so loving Mm. and then we have these kids and everyone else and and other adults so i'm gonna watch this because this is for me this is for me and my brother um i will say that probably episode three is probably the weakest of the three that's the first one Ridley didn't direct yeah um but i was fine with it i will finish it it's uh, not going to be a long season here, but but I've given my recommendation. You know who you are if you like it. If you're not in that camp, you, hey, if you have HBO Max, you can just check it out and see what you think. Um, but it's it may not be for people who saw Alien, those latter Alien films, and weren't really involved in the thought of it. All right. Well, let's move on to season finales. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, I may destroy you. That is on HBO. HBO. It's also on HBO Max, but not an HBO Max original. Right. This is something that we talked about initially about this girl who wakes up and we don't know what happened to this girl. Or she doesn't know what happened to her. Right. Does she finally figure out what happens to her? Mm -hmm. This is the creator and star of Chewing Gum on Netflix. So she's she's actually gotten a lot of publicity. So you you will recognize her immediately when you see her. And she wrote all the episodes just about. And I mean, she really had her hands in this. Yeah, and co-directed um, most of them as well. Okay, so she's all hands-on, all hands on deck. Now, but but that's not the question that you left us with. When mm. we last talked about it, mm-hmm. you wanted to know as she goes back and forth between what was and what isn't, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Is this her own reality? Is it mm. reality? Mm-hmm. Or is it her becoming reality? Mm. I mm. want to know. I know we all know, critic, the critic doesn't give away spoilers, which <laughs> is. Sometimes I, I want him to, but he is going to uphold his integrity, I'm sure. But <laughs> give, us, give us as much as you can. Oh, yeah, Jess. Um, well, you know, the whole point, Ref, is to entice people to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we do a better job of it than these shows. I was going to say, we're not getting paid for that. We're not even getting paid. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. But it makes this show fun. So when I may destroy you, Michaela plays uh, Arabella, or Bella for short. She's a writer. She's had this one book that's come out, made her a minor celebrity. Um, and now she needs to write her second. She has agents. She has someone, a publisher. She can't seem to write. She can't do it. She has this guy she's, I guess, semi-dating who's in Italy. What's that like? Uh, she seems over-rewarded. I'll put it that way. Um, and she has two best friends, one of whom is uh, an actor. She she wants to be an actor. She's going on auditions. She's not getting work. The other um, is, is someone who really has her back, really helps her out, really is there for her at all times. But he has his own journey. Um, because it's part of the show, I'll say he's a gay man who uses apps, dating apps. Dating apps. Quotes. Okay, I was like. But it ain't dating. Oh, yeah. It's more up. like. Like that. to hook up to hook up exactly 
So they each have their own little journey to go through. And what happened to Bella is the end of episode one, she has a flash and maybe she was raped. Hmm. She got to get down to the bottom of this. Yeah. She involves the cops. She involves her friends. She has to not only recoup her memory, but also her spirit. Yeah. How can she do this? Now, the problem again is she can't quite remember. So can the cops help her? Is there any sort of evidence of this that happened? And so on and so forth. Now, at this night when it happened, she was out with friends. So what were they doing when this happened to her? Were they there? Did they see what happened? Did they leave her high and dry? That's hmm. the question. And are they telling her the truth? Uh-oh. So as she gets more and more of what happens, as her memory comes back, she starts to understand more and more what people did, who did what. But the question is, does she figure out what really happened and who really did the damage? Mm-hmm. Now, for um, Kwame, or her friend who's on the dating apps or whatever, he goes through a journey that that's in certain ways like hers. I'll put it that way. Okay. But when you see it through his lens, what's his response to that going to be? Is he similar to Bella or not? That's the question there. And in the end, is revenge in the offing? And what's the price of revenge is the question. Hmm. Because Bella encounters other people along the way who don't treat her well. Now, as she comes to grips with this, does she let it leak out? (laughs) Does she damage people's reputations? Also, what was her home life like? We see that in flashbacks. What's going on there? How does that inform her or not? So in the end, does the friend who's acting, does she actually get a job? Does she deserve the job she got if she gets one? What was she doing the night that this uh, supposedly took place? For Kwame, what about him? Is he going to have an ending that's satisfactory for him or not? And for Bella, will she actually get to the destroying the final episode, she knows what happens. Okay. The question is, how does she get revenge? Hmm. Now, when you're watching it, you'll see it may not be as clear cut as you think. So what I would say about I May Destroy You is this. When you hear the title, you go, okay, this is going to be like somebody going, you know, just going hate. Right. Yeah. 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 It's not that. That's the, that is the biggest success of this show. Oh, interesting. Yes. Now, this is based on Michaela's own, well, not based on, but it's inspired by her own experiences. Oh. Yes. So, you know, she's using some of her personal experiences here and channeling it through art, which is, I mean, that's what art is for. Right, right. So she's doing that. And what I would say is her perspective is so fresh here that it's not a heavy hand, not really until the end. It's restrained there's some comedy in this. Uh, she, Bella makes mistakes as well. So there's things that she has to come with, to grips with. So while as an arc, to me, it was flat, a little too flat at times, I prefer that to it being too hot. There's an intelligence to the show that I appreciated. I, I was willing to go there with Bella at all times, even when it got a little crazy. You mm. will see that. 
Um, I, I just think that Michaela was very smart, very intentional on how she put this together. And I think adding the bits of comedy to the drama, just it just helps people to work through this. People, whether they've gone through this themselves, they've known people who have, or they have no experience of it at all. I think we'll get something out of this. And I think because of that, it was a success. We'll see whether they give it a second season. But I think the first season stands on its own. Well, that's interesting. I am very, very curious to see what HBO does here. I know that she's getting a lot of, I don't know what she did Emmy-wise. I'm not sure. I felt like I saw her name, but something, you know, something she got a couple nods. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to stars. We'll end it with that. Key Valley, which we talked about what that meant. You can guess. <laughs> it's already been renewed for a second season. This also has a lot of buzz going around it is on stars and you know with that you've got to have stars there's no other way you can't you know hbo and you get you know all that stuff Mm -hmm. i'm supposing if you have stars you've got the stars app and you can watch it but you have to have stars there's no way to get around it that's right it is based on a play and i know that you had talked about earlier you could hear the you knew you could hear the like when there when there was language you could sense that a lot of this was for the stage but the stage isn't going to have eight episodes right so i'm curious to see how that evolved as you went deeper into the season Mm -hmm. now again it's already been renewed for second season and that they've extended it two more episodes So they like it and it's done well for them. The question is, did it do well for you? Yeah. Um, So Katori Hall, who created it, is a playwright. And I don't know about what Katori has done outside of this show, outside of plays. I don't think it's much. And it shows. You can hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my ear goes, ooh, as an, you know, an actor who's done plays, I go, ooh, that's a play. <laughs> and yeah, just, right, right. Yeah, you can. You know, yeah, you can yeah. you can hear it a mile away, coming a mile away. Um, but I, the show overall, I'll just say it now, and then I'll get into you know the whole thing about what it's about again. Um, it, it reminded me not that they're the same, but the feeling of it, Pose, huh? Where you have a show that when it's right, there's nothing like it on TV. And you're transfixed. Like, you're like, what am I even watching? This is working. I don't know how it's working. There's nothing like it. Right. But then you also have the converse of that, which is, yeah, there's nothing like it, but it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And then you have some things in between. So it's a mixed bag here. But again, it and it's not quite as good as Pose. I would have to say that. But it does have this going for it. When it is focused on... The two, really the two uh, central female characters, it does have something. So that's uh, Mercedes, um, and and that's also uh, Haley, uh, played by Brandy Evans and Alarica Johnson. Uh, Because Haley is the one who's, she's running away from something at the beginning. Where is she going? She ends up at this strip club in Mississippi. Okay. Um, And has she stripped before? No. But she decides to become, um, you know, this pole dancer there and people don't really like her. Uh, Mercedes is there. She's been there for a long time. Uh, She's in charge, essentially. It's her stage. It's her pole. Um, So, you know, but she's trying to get out of this life. 
She saved up her coins hmm. and she wants to open up something to help people. Now you'll see why she wants to do that. There's a strong reason why she wants to get out of being on a pole and go legit. Can't she get there? She does have a mother. I will tell you that. She got a mother. Yeah. Shakespeare would blush. No. Now, the owner of this uh, strip club is Uncle Clifford. He's got his own thing going on. All kinds of problems. I mean, Uncle Clifford, I should say, she is in Mississippi. Okay. And you already know what that means if the name is Uncle Clifford and the pronoun is she. Right. What does Uncle Clifford have to do to survive? I'm going to tell you this as well. Uncle Clifford has a grandmother played by Loretta Devine. Somebody please help me. Oh, Loretta. We just love you. And when she pops up, it's Loretta Devine. (laughs) Okay. So that was an experience just to see that. So we see how he has, or she, sorry, has to navigate being the owner of this strip club, being the person that Uncle Clifford is in Mississippi. And the problem is, that the mayor of this fictional town in Mississippi was played by Isaiah Washington, by the way. Oh my gosh, what is... <laughs> okay. He popped up, I was like, is that Isaiah Washington? <laughs> oh my, that's... <laughs> I can't. He has a plan to bring money into Chukalisa. That's the name of the city. And the plan involves getting rid of this strip club. Uh-oh. Okay which is called the pink. Let's get rid of the pink. P-I-N-K? P-Y-N-K. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've had that whole thing going on. And he has someone who's really an agent to get this going because, you know, they have to buy up this land. There's this developer that's coming in. All of these things have to go into place. So this person has an interesting relationship with Haley. What is that relationship? Hmm. What's going on there? Also, what about the other dancers at this club? They each have their own thing going on. One of whom is Miss Mississippi. That's her stage name, Keyshawn, played by Shannon Thornton. Well, she's in a relationship that ain't good. Very bad. But she might be the one who takes over after Mercedes leaves. What does that look like? Will she be allowed to do that? There's also a bouncer in the club. He has his eye on her. Why? These are the questions you have to ask. And what happens to her in the end? Because she ends up linked to a rapper who's on the come up in Chukalisa. He's ready to make his mark. But he's not only connected to her, he's also connected to Uncle Clifford. But how? So it's a whole bunch of stuff going on in this show. Yes, it is. And what I would say is, I mentioned the whole pose thing. When it works, it's when it's Mercedes' story and Haley's story. And in the end, they really come together and they have a joint story almost. Hmm. And it gets really dangerous in the end. I'll tell you, in the final episode, someone is dead. Oh, dear. I won't tell you who. Okay. So that's when it was really cooking. Mm-hmm. There were There was a scene ref between Mercedes and her mother. Something happens between them. They both end up in in jail. Mm. Her mother is very religious. And she brings church to the jail. Literal, (laughs) down south, Southern Baptist church. Yeah, yeah. AME church. Uh Uh-oh. Pentecostal, fiery church. Okay. That's when I was like, this is a play. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is like right, yeah, up. yeah. Mm-hmm. We have like gone completely out of television. And even if I were watching this on stage, I would be fidgeting. Yeah. It's that kind of scene when you get in the play and you're like, okay, I'm I'm watching a black play and we're being taken literally to church. So that was when I was like, okay, we've gone too far. That's what happens. But there were moments when it works. There are moments with between Mercedes and her mother. You're like, this relationship is a mess. But I got to mm-hmm. see what's going to happen next. Right. Haley's whole backstory, I was interested in what was going on with her. Uncle Clifford, it depends. When Uncle Clifford is trying to save the club, works outside of that, ugh, you know, you'll have to watch it to determine that for yourselves. The rapper, um, Keyshawn, their whole thing, Keyshawn's, you know, abusive relationship. That was semi-interesting. It's just that I think, Ref, they could have cut down on the stripping, actually. Oh, interesting. They could have cut down on that and fleshed more of the story out because they have a lot of good stories, a lot of good ideas, and that's what keeps you watching. So, you know, we'll see what they do in season two. I will start season two. I can't guarantee that I'll finish it. Mm -hmm. I do want to see where they go next. Um, Again, though, it's just, it's it really is in a position of pose where there's nothing like it on television. It is um, putting a spotlight on stories that have been, if, if shown at all, have been presented negatively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't gloss over those things, but they do try to humanize these women, these men, everybody in this show. Um, so, you know, it's on stars, as the ref said, you do have to have stars. You can, um, you know, just pay for stars directly via the app as well, right. month by month. So that's there. And, and keep in mind that, you know, if you are a power fan, you should have stars. Uh, there will be four spinoffs of Power coming, uh, one of which <laughs> just started, which picks up where Power left off. I'm not reviewing that because I just cannot do it. But there you go with that. So if you're a Power fan, you can immediately watch the Power Book 2 uh, show that just started and catch up on P-Valley. Well, there you have it. That is the television that we have for this week. Now, question is... Which one are you going to watch first? Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.